because it's going to suck. It's going to be horrible. But the ability of you overcoming this is when you're truly going to make that shift. Welcome to Trade Happy. Welcome back to another Traders Podcast episode. Sit back, grab a notepad and pen and take some notes. If you are new here, consider hitting the subscribe button for more podcasts just like this one. Traders, if you have any questions during this podcast episode, drop them in the comments below. Myself or our podcast guest today, I'm sure will be happy to answer those questions. In this episode, we talk to a trader who has learned to trade from multiple trading education platforms. He's also very, very spiritual, and he gives some great insights during the podcast for any traders looking to improve that aspect of their trading. Please welcome Yona. So for anyone that doesn't know who you are, can you just tell us a bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, for sure. So my name is Yona. <laughs> I am... Um... I am a university student in the UK, uh, international student. I just graduated though. And I had started my trading career about, I think a couple of years ago, 2018. Uh, I would say maybe November-ish, October, November-ish. This, around this time is when I properly started my um, quote-unquote trading career, right? Mm. And yeah, I've just been you know, going through the, uh, the motions of ex- the experience, uh, I guess you could say, of how a trader um sees you know the ups and downs of 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 the world of of profitability and trading and you know emotions and all that uh yeah i'm just your average average guy just trading as well cool so how did you get into trading how did you get started oh they uh <laughs> i'm pretty sure a lot of people are gonna be like oh my god if i say this but uh 2018 i think it was may around may end or something I got introduced into the organization that probably everyone knows IML, right? Uh, I got I got introduced to IML. I, however, was interested in trading itself a, a long time before IML because I remember I before coming to the UK, I read this story about how this guy was making fifty thousand a month through trading, and that really caught my attention. Obviously, yeah. uh, so I was a little bit interested in. I was I was intrigued. IML, I think, gave me my first opportunity to actually look at the markets from an educational standpoint however over time i think the business side of things got the better of me and i started focusing on you know networking a lot more than actually learning that being said there were a lot of things the organization itself is a good organization don't get me wrong you know have a good model and all that it's just i found a different way to trade which was different than how I'm taught. So I didn't feel it was morally, so morally sorry, I didn't feel it morally right to continue um, with the organization. So I kind of just left and did my own solo journey uh, with trading. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so you mentioned, uh, like before that we got into the podcast, that you had mm-hmm. almost been through every kind of situation that a new trader would be in. Um, would you advise yeah. that a new trader does a course? Uh, I would say yes, but it has to be picked right. 
See, that, that's that's the the important thing is you need whoever you learn from you you want to be you want to make sure that it's not just you know reading information out of a PDF or, 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 or out of a book. Like if your mentor doesn't click with the student, uh, it's the same principle as if if you're in a school, right? If you like the teacher, if you like the way they teach, you end up you're probably going to end up doing really good in the subject. And the same sense. When you first start trading, let's say, because with me, it was without a mentor in the beginning, right? I I was sort of my own in the sense of trying to kind of navigate through the uh, through the dips of trading. So what is right? What is not right? 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 The whole concept of, you know, 90% of what, well, about 96 or 95% of traders fail in the first 90 days or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. the one question that I feel like people should ask themselves is why are so many people failing in trading? And the minute you ask yourself this question, you kind of begin to identify what you need to do to do the opposite. And based off of that, you know, assumption that you've created or the, you know, whatever you, you then look for a course or a mentor who kind of is in line with your idea of how the markets should be looked at, I would say. And uh, yeah, so from the beginning, it went from, you know, just a very complete basic support resistance and trend lines and all that stuff and then through my you know my learnings like i you probably know this whole course of btmm beat the market maker steve morrow mm-hmm. um you know i went through that whole that, that whole cycle right i went through the cycle of quote unquote this market maker things uh and i then went into forexia uh, i'm not sure if you know them no but forexia taught a lot about market manipulation and things like that but there was still something that I kind of found was missing um, in the whole idea of how the market truly works. And then I obviously moved on and found someone else. Uh, yeah, you know, again, like to answer your question in terms of so the one thing, and this is, I can, you could, if, if, if nobody takes anything else away from this whole podcast, the one thing that I can say is whoever your mentor is, make sure he or she teaches you how to manage your emotions and you don't have no idea how important it is right it's like you know you know the times when you think it's psychologically it's really funny and this happened to me and that's that's why i'm saying uh when the when your trade is let's say you have a 15 pip stars right the trade is in drawdown and you know it's let's say 14 pips in drawdown but you don't close the trade and you're hoping you're you're now your your analogy is based off of hope it's no longer your analysis it's, it's no longer the facts or the information it's on hope right? and then you're like okay no i hope it goes in a profit and the minute it goes in let's say two or three profit you close the trade right so you think about how as humans we're willing to go through all of that drawdown all of that negative you know that that negative numbers in the screen but the minute we see a little bit of blue a little bit of dopamine hit in our brains bam you know we just close it Yep. And um, that's probably the hardest thing I had to manage, right? It's just the whole concept of managing your emotions. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was that's good. That's a lot of experience and a lot of different um, trading education. So I think that's some really good advice. What are some of the misconceptions that you found in trading education? Mm. See, the misconceptions, I think, the big, the biggest one is, well, there's two. I think the first one is making money quick, right? 
people are often don't get me wrong i don't want, i i don't want to say it's not possible to do that right? if a trader is really good really experienced and has an account where he or she is willing to play with to over leverage you know the crap out of it excuse my language then it's definitely possible i've seen it happen i've done it but that's not practical that that's that's where the you know the issue comes in it's it's not practical the misconception yeah. people have a is they can do what people on instagram or people on youtube and all these people what they portray to do within after years of going through experience they think they can do that in, in the first week right the first day they open their account blow everything up right the first thing is you cannot make money fast in the beginning that's that's the key thing in the beginning it it all happens to do with compounding once you compound and once you actually go through that whole patient process that's when you would start quote unquote making money quick right because 10% of 10000 is a lot more than 10% of 100 dollars it, it works in the same principle so um that's one and the second one is in the realms of a person should never feel stuck to their analysis like it's it's like what bruce lee said always be water right always mm. be be fluid if you're if you're married to your trade idea that's where the whole hope thing comes in like just right which is just what i explained before you will be comfortable experiencing minimal profit but maximum drawdown if you do have it right so never be married to your trade if 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 you expect something to go a certain way and it doesn't go a certain way i would say step back evaluate the situation look at the macro time frames because the macro is going to tell you what's going to happen and then drop down and maybe you've missed something maybe you've an important key level an institutional level maybe there was a bunch of orders sitting in an area but you didn't see so whatever right whatever reason but uh yeah is don't expect to make money off the bat in the beginning because you need to learn and you said you know i would say it sucks but i feel like every trader should go through the downs to appreciate the up more yeah and, uh, i agree and that's that wise why i said people shouldn't expect to make money off the bat and then the whole concept of maritime trade because don't get me wrong trading is a it's a very very simple model if you think about it we're only make money by pressing buy or sell that's it right i mean if you really if you strip down all of the elements to trading it's clicking two buttons that's it but it's not an easy job that's the catch right it's simple but it's not easy right yeah. that has to obviously do with emotions you people go into dep- i myself i fell into depression through you know trading and all of that so that was a very very dark time also again with the whole misconceptions of uh, people expecting to do this one thing and then it just ends up going the opposite way so yeah yeah um and if you had to start trading again today from scratch what would you do would you do anything differently if i had to start well trading from scratch see the the one thing that i would do is learn what i know now but in the beginning for example so i myself i i teach um a few a few handful of like students and what they have always told me is you know, whenever i explain a concept for example uh you know these uh how people get trapped in the market or how market makers would see 
the way um, the market is, is structured instead of the whole concept of support and resistance and trend lines. In this way, if people understand this way of trading first before they go in through all the other stuff that everyone else learns, remember the whole 95 or whatever percent of people fail trading, it's because they, they're all taught the same thing, right? Mm. So I feel like if I had to do it all over again, I would skip all of that knowledge that I originally had and go straight to the stuff that I would want to know well now, uh, because it's just, it, it really eliminates and it, it just declutters a lot of misconceptions, a lot of stuff that people have about the Forex market. It's like the whole idea of a line. I mean, if you think about the market, let's say you, GU, right? You think of GU, you're, you're literally looking at a chart of the British pound versus the US economy. Oh, sorry, the, the English economy versus the American economy. And you know, this is what I tell a lot of people. I ask these people these questions and they get really flustered. I said, and everyone you draws these support resistance lines and all of that stuff. And I ask them, okay, I want you to cover, you know, the little symbol, right? Where it says USD on the top left corner of trading view. Yeah. I told them to cover it and they did. And then I said, okay, now look at your chart. Would you still have the same ideas? And they said, yes. People don't understand that whatever they're doing now in terms of drawing all these lines and all this stuff across their charts, you would be better off not even having the pair itself. It could be just labeled A, pair A, pair B, pair C. You, would, you wouldn't even need to know because if everything that people is going off of is lines that the, the, the quote-unquote the market magically respects, you know, you may as well just cover off the, um, the symbol or, or the pair because people, once people understand that what they're trading are two, it's a comparison of two economies and when they understand how these economies function with each other, which is more powerful, which is, you know, a lot of these factors, are, I'm sure you know, then trading becomes a lot less guesswork. It becomes more factual, it becomes uh, on the basis of building a case. So like, for example, of how a lawyer would, when, they, when, you, when he presents a case to the judge, you build a case rather than guessing if this is the evidence that you're looking for, right? And that's, the one thing that I would do, and I would tell everyone else who's starting into trading, or even is, you know, further along in their trading career, if they haven't found profitability, or if they haven't found consistency, look at it in terms of in terms of a comparison standpoint, and your trading's gonna like improve drastically. Yeah, I agree with that as well. So you've obviously had quite a lot of experience in terms of trading education. Can you briefly yes. describe your strategy? I'm sorry, could you repeat the question? It kind of bro broke out a little bit at the end. Could you briefly describe your strategy? Yeah, sure. So what I look at now is the whole concept of building a case, right? Uh, the first thing I'm going to do, very first thing is I want to be looking at now, obviously, no brainer, always do top-down analysis. So what I would want to look at is bond markets. I want to see where the interest rates are going first. And if there's any fluctuation in interest rates, this would give me an idea as to where the US dollar would most likely get to. So then I would compare the bond markets with the dollar index. Now, with the dollar index, you can obviously start looking at different pairs like GU, EU, AU, et cetera, whatever, right? So after I look, I get a, 
a three-month bias or let's say a one to three-month bias on a specific, well, in this case, it's all the index or the bond market, then I would drop down to, let's say, the dollar index on the daily. And I would compare that with, for example, um, GBP USD, right? And in this sense, I would then look for, it's, it's, really, it's really simple in this sense. I would, I would look for short-term uh, highs and lows to be formed and short-term highs and lows to be formed on the other pair as well. And the reason is I don't want to be trading, you know, just in line with the trend. I want to be trading institutional sponsorship. So the minute I see a fluctuation in any one of these short-term highs or trends, if, if basically both the pairs or both the charts don't match or they don't correlate, that tells me smart money is coming in and either the dollar is too weak to go lower or sorry, the, the dollar is too weak to go higher or it's too strong uh, to go low or there's indications of strength or weakness. Based off of that information, I would then go to my pair that I like trading, which in this case is with the USD. And then I would drop down and look at institutional levels. Is price at a premium or a discount market? Um, certain zones where there was previous institutional order flow. So would price come back down to either, let's say if we're going for a long position, would price come back down to that discounted market so that smart money can, or institutions can re-enter the, posi the, the, the position. Now what you'll notice, what I've noticed, is a lot of the times when you enter these kinds of trades, the market quickly shifts. You know, it, it quickly blasts off or it, it just dies. And the reason is because of institutional sponsorship. And the minute people realize that there are actually signatures or the chart itself gives you, it's, it's, it's like a, an artist, right? If when, when an artist paints a picture, what does he do at the end, right? He, he puts a signature, that, that's his tag. Now, smart money leaves the same blueprints or the same, you could call them heat signatures if you want, but it's the same signature that, that they leave that I look for. And the minute they leave that, I get in. And now I'm no longer trading with, quote unquote, the retail traders. I'm trading with smart money or with the institutions. And yeah. that's how I model my trading. Okay. And you mentioned before that you learn basically this kind of model from ICT, is that right? Yes, yeah, yes, yes. So, Inner so, Circle Trader, this guy changed my perspective. Yeah, can yeah. you tell us um, yeah. the story about how you found ICT? Right, right, okay, okay. So for anyone who is spiritual, this may be pretty amusing, but for people who are not, you may think mm -hmm. I'm a little bit crazy. I probably am, but... So I do a lot of spiritual work in terms of meditation, in terms of raising my frequency, opening my pineal gland, all that stuff. Uh, and one night I was going through this intense meditation, but I, I did it outside because what I do is a lot, of, a lot of nights I will do this thing called stargazing. Um, so it's very self-explanatory. You look, you look at the stars and when you do this, you know, you, you feel a sense of calmness or peace. So this one night I was, um, I was under the stars and I was meditating. And my intuition spoke to me and I, and I kept receiving this, these three letters in my mind, right? in my head. You could call it a vision if you want, I call it whatever you want. Uh, I saw these three letters just flashing over and over and over again, right? It was ICT, ICT, ICT. And I'm like, hey, what is this? So uh, I don't think much of it. I go back home, I go back to my room. And it was, this, this, was, this was the part that was really funny. Uh, I open my phone and I go on Instagram. I look at 
uh, this one story and I knew this trader from maybe two years ago. I haven't, I, I don't really speak to him. It's, it's more, it's more that, okay, I follow traders, traders follow me, that kind of relationship. Right. Mm -hmm. So I look at this trader's story and he says, um, you know, this ICT stuff is wild. And at this point I was like, there's no way, right? This can't be a coincidence. This has to, this has to mean something, right? Some kind of synchronicity, some kind of science. So I did, you know, I did my research and that's when I found ICT on YouTube. And I looked at all of his material and honestly, this YouTube itself is enough to, to just shift the way you trade. Cause he does explain a lot of the stuff, um, that he, he goes in depth, he explains it in his YouTube content. But that's the thing, once you get through all the YouTube content, especially what I would recommend to every trader is look at the ICT WENT series, right? Parts one to five. I believe it stands for what every new trader must know or something like that. It's called the WENT series. Um, definitely look at that. And the minute I saw that, my trading switched up. I, I, I wish I could say, that it took me time to learn. But honestly, the very next day, the very next day, the whole perspective of the market for me shifted again, you know, from, from first to the retail mindset to what I thought was the market maker mindset and, you know, trapping retailers to then shifting again to now just a purely based order system, right? All I, all I care about now is where are the orders? I don't care about this whole concept of who is getting trapped in the market because it doesn't exist. The retail traders, all of us make nothing in comparison. Like if you, the market, what? Five point something. Sorry, you see, it's even more now. Trillions of dollars being exchanged every day. Yeah. The retail traders, you know, don't make a percentage of that. So when people really start focusing on institutional-based traders and large traders or hedge funds, et cetera, um, that's when that, you know, that shift, that paradigm shift in the mind takes place. And you look at it at a whole new light. And honestly, I can say just just the YouTube series alone would be enough for anyone to uh, to just you know get new knowledge. And then everything is free. It's YouTube. So yeah, that's that's my experience with starting off with uh, with ICT. Yeah, and you mentioned at the start that you um, do like meditation. Do you do that before yes. or after? Do you do, do that in the morning? Like, when do you do that in terms of like right. the trading so day? In, in that sense, I have, a, I have a routine, which I wish I could say that I follow every day, but I, I'm human. I generally don't. Uh, I try my best to do them. So when I wake up, first thing to do is, I'm, the first thing I do is meditate because uh, a very good guy to follow, who explains a lot better than me, his name is Dr. Joe Dispenza. And he talked about how brainwaves change from when you go to sleep and when you and from when you wake up basically the, the way it works is when you go to sleep your brain basically goes from a high beta um, frequency to a delta frequency now the brain the human brain operates in predominantly four frequencies so you have high beta then you have alpha and then theta and then delta now the delta and theta these these waves are only or not only, but they're mostly accessed when a person goes to sleep. Because when a person goes to sleep, you know, their brainwave starts slowing down, right? Uh, whereas on beta, it's like a person's always constantly thinking, right? Mm. So the minute you slip into sleep, you then go from this high beta to this delta phase, and then your brain starts getting calm, and you can actually 
you open up the creative centers of your brain and you can manifest things, you can you know, visualize things. And this is the period where people can you know, do a lot of interesting things with their mind. Now, the thing is when you wake up and light enters your eyes, you now go from a delta level back to the high beta. So at this point, this before you go to sleep and when you get up, it's the best place to meditate because now your brain is at it, or your mind. Right? Your mind is at a sense of pure bliss and calmness. The way he explained it, it's as if when you, so the pineal gland, um, or the quote unquote, for those who don't know, the pineal gland is also called the third eye. When the pineal gland, um, well, the pineal gland secretes two kinds of chemicals, you could say, serotonin and melatonin. And, melatonin. and we know that serotonin is responsible for the basically the happy drug in our system, right? Makes us happy. And melatonin is produced when we go to sleep and when we wake up. So this production of melatonin, all this stuff happens, you know, at these two events, when it's dark and when it's light. And when this happens and when you meditate alongside it, you're, you're basically making yourself you're putting your body into a state of alignment but also into a state of calmness so this really helps with emotions when it comes to trading i make it a point to always before i open my charts i have to meditate not because well not just because it's you know it's really good for you in terms of other things but in terms of in your emotional state gets very very centered and you're no longer thinking about okay What's going to happen if this trade goes against me? What uh, will I be able to survive the draw? The, the, the drawdown. You know, you, now you're thinking of your, your your perspective changes, and it goes from how will will I lose money to what am I missing? Right? What am I not seeing? You won't care anymore. Like if you are in drawdown, you won't care that you're in drawdown. You know that okay, this is what you saw before, but everything on the charts happened for a reason. Nothing happens by random. Nothing happens. You know, everything happens by design. And the 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 trick is for us to kind of spot this this uh what we need to spot what the architect basically laid out for us. And to do that, meditation helps so much because it really centers your emotion. And like I said before, if you're stressed and if you're you know worried and all this stuff, you're gonna be thinking from a perspective of stress and worry and lack, and that's gonna cloud your judgment, like straight up. Uh, yeah. And then after the trading day, I, I open my charts for a few hours a day, not too long, and I I meditate again in the um, in the night before I go to sleep, and sometimes in the evening. This now this is manifestations, so not necessarily meditation. Well, I guess it's a, it's a way of meditation, but this is when you know I use manifestations, the power of visualizations and things like that, and it's uh, yeah, it's it's what a keeps me motivated, and b keeps me grounded. I guess you could sum it up in the head. Yeah, and this might be like a weird question, um, but with the meditation, does it matter when you do it? So let's say you need to do it like straight before you trade, or can you do it a few hours before? Does it really matter? Oh, no, no, no. There's no... So see, when, when people talk about meditation, they, they, they think of it as a routine, right? They think of it as like the pre-workout to the actual workout, right? No, that's, think of it in the sense of something that you do not not because you need to do something else, but because it centers yourself, aids in whatever else you're doing. For example, 
if I meditate, let's say three hours before I open my charts, or right before, either way, I'm still put into a state emotionally where I'm centered, my mind is clear, there's no negative thoughts, negative feelings holding me back, no, no, negative, no negative energy can basically cloud my judgment or cloud my vision, whatever I'm seeing. Uh, you need to be, you need to see everything for what it is. And you always need to see things from a certain perspective, like I mentioned with institutional order flow stuff. And that's why meditation helps in terms for trading. Now, it doesn't necessarily only help in trading. It helps with everything. Anything in life that you know people are doing, uh, it really aids onto that. It's just you do do meditation before you trade, regardless of when you do it. It's going to put your body and your mind into a state of awareness. That's the best way I can really um, describe it. Meditation, basically, meditation is going into a state of conscious awareness. Once people realize that all we are is literally consciousness, uh, you know, then life, you, I know it sounds really crazy, but you, you'd be able to see life from, from a different perspective in the sense of what would I want my current reality to be? It, uh, just for example, like a quick example, a quick example, I say, if I think from my mind, like my mind doesn't occupy space, it doesn't occupy time. Right. When I, because if I go to sleep, you know, if you sleep for eight hours and you wake up, you think you slept five minutes, right? You, you have no sense of time, and your mind doesn't occupy space. There's no matter. So the question arises: Where is this mind going? Right? What is consciousness? But once people actually realize that consciousness, all we are is just an uh, experience, right? We we are living our own experiences. And whatever we think or whatever we feel really adds into the reality of our experience. So meditation really helps with that aspect too. But because it helps with the whole, you know, legitimately molding your reality, however you want it, you can also apply that to trading. Right? I'm, I'm not going to... I'm not going to say that you'll get signals, you know, from like, okay, buy now. But... I will say, I, I don't want to give out anything, but I will say there are times when you have a really strong feeling of what to do in certain situations where you're usually unsure when it comes to trading. And once you actually stick to this bias or this, you know, this buy or sell model, again, don't quote me on that, uh, you take a step back and then you find the reasoning as to why you got this feeling, right? Of, okay, I should buy here or sell here whatever and then it makes logical sense but and don't be married to your trade but uh, yeah meditation has a lot of i would say spiritual and uh, physical you know um, good good for you like it does a lot of good for you yeah yeah and um, what would you say is the most important personality trait for a trader patience 100 percent. that's off the bat there is nothing, nothing more important. I mean, patience is what's going to separate the guys who catch a 20-pip move from a 200-pip move. Now, yeah, depending on the model of trading, obviously that matters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, your scalp or whatever. But in the sense of, it's, 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 it's going to differentiate you from understanding that the market does not care about you. How that works is the market won't care if person's feeling sad or if it's you know it's it's not going to say okay i'll give you many more pips 
because you feel sad right now. That's that's how the market works. But once people understand that the markets do not care, they don't care. That's when we should understand. Take a step back. Realize if the markets don't care, I should not put my emotion into these charts. And that's why the only emotion you can have in trading, the only emotion, not even I don't even, I don't even if you can classify it as emotion, but the only mental aspect you should have when it comes to trading is patience, because. You, let's say you know that price is going to get to a certain price level, right? Let's say you know that, but the question is, okay, how long would it take to form? Would it take a day? Would it take two days? Would it take an hour? You don't know, right? And that has to do with patience. And if people don't have patience, again, fear comes into the play. Anger, revenge trading, overtrading, all these things that could blow your account before you can say crap, right? <laughs> um, and that's honestly the most important thing in my opinion uh that people should develop as an as an emotional ability apart from their you know their technical fundamental skills uh, it should be practicing patience yeah and do you have like any advice for any traders that may be struggling with that patience oh yes of course i had that same problem don't get me wrong uh, i had a huge problem and what i did i'll give you my experience in brief and maybe someone else out there can relate to it. So I had this thing of, as a person, I kind of understood that I'm, I'm very impatient. At least I was. I was very impatient. Uh, I wanted, by impatient, I, I don't mean I would get annoyed or anything. I just, I would want things to happen now. You know, if I place a trade, I would always ask myself, okay, why can't they just go and hit my, hit my TP in a minute? You know, it was really unrealistic <laughs> things that I would say, but that's what I really truly desired, right? Now, when I did that, I started developing these subconscious beliefs that made me become impatient subconsciously. So it's, it was no longer I was consciously saying, oh, back on this app. It's now it became, even if I didn't say it, I would want, I would expect this to happen because that's what I kind of told myself, right, over time. So hmm. the one thing that I did to kind of overcome that was, A, I took a break. I took a huge, long, a much needed break. And then I realized that every day I would look at the charts, but I wouldn't think of it in terms of where is this going. I wouldn't think of it in terms of placing a trade. I would just watch. Like every few hours, I would get on the charts and I would just see what was happening. And that made me realize one key important thing, one thing that I wish I knew when I first started trading. It's money can be made in the markets every day. Right? You don't, the, the market is going to go anywhere. If you miss a 200 pip move, Okay, you may get four more. You need to realize that that's move. You can catch it maybe a week later or a day later, or maybe you can get it in two pairs over 50 pips or 100 pips each. It really, people need to understand that if you miss a move because you're impatient that you missed it or you just felt bad or any of the reasons, money can be made in the markets every single day. Every single day, there's opportunity opportunity to make money, right? But you need to be patient. And that's when I realized that, okay, I asked myself the question, if, if I knew that there was money to be made every day, if I knew that subconsciously, and if I believed that I had the ability to make money whenever I wanted, obviously, depending on, you know, if, if, if the trade is aligned with your idea, mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, for hypothetical reasons, if I can make money whenever I wanted any day of the week, what is the rush for me 
to constantly want to trade to pay out in, in a minute. I, and when I asked myself this question, things made sense. Things said, okay, you know, you, you know what? You don't need to trade every day. I don't trade every day now. You don't need to, you know, ex- like if you tr- if you place a trade, you trust your analysis, you trust in your whatever reasoning you had your case, close the chart. You can set alerts if you want, you know, close the charts and do something else. Doing something else really takes your mind off of it. Um, what I would really recommend to improving patience is going for a walk in nature. And there's a reason why. When you go for a walk in nature, especially outside when it's sunny, um, first off, to raise the sun, vitamin D, amazing, beautiful. Being in nature itself uh, ground you as a person. So now you're no longer thinking about lack, right? You know, you, you, you're no longer thinking about is the trade going to play out? Because when you think is the trade going to play out, what you're thinking is in terms of lack, am I going to lose money? That's the only reason you're thinking um, that way. So at this point, you think of nothing, right? All the bliss, you think of happiness, you think of the things you need to do in the day, for example, whatever it is, but your mind gets taken off of the actual trade and you come back to it whenever you feel like it. And you have to be content. And the only reason you can do that is by time and experience. That's why I said in the beginning, a trader needs to go through the rough to appreciate the good. And they don't have to go through depression. Don't get me wrong. Please don't take that away. I just mean they need to have real life experiences so they know what to expect if it happens later on and they know how to rectify it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how how would you define success as a trader? Uh, do you mean in terms of monetary success or just success in general as a trader? Just how do you define it yourself? Well, I depend. Okay. So for me, uh, success is freedom, right? Freedom of obviously different different aspects: um, financial freedom, um, time freedom. You know when. When I believe that I, a person, has the ability to understand the value of money, but also understand that it's just, it's just a tool, it's just another form of energy that we can use to do good in the world, right? Or that's one aspect of you know the financial side of success. But also when, when you understand that your core beliefs should be stemmed from happiness, right? There's no point in having all the money in the world with zero joy it makes the whole concept of money void because if you think about it you're using money to get things or to get things done or to buy something or to help a family or or, sorry help families or or friends or whatever it is whatever reason you have if you don't get peace and happiness from within your success quote-unquote this financial success is going to mean nothing and that's why it's very important for me that I define success by A, happiness, B, wealth, of course, and C, time. I don't want to be restricted by time, right? And that's what uh, I think everyone, well, I hope everyone defines success as that. It's not, not just money, but also happiness, right? And content and being balanced and aligned with themselves. Uh, people would really appreciate money a lot more. And I'm please, uh, Please take into account that I'm not saying money is bad. It's it's not bad at all. I think people have this mis- misconception, right? When you were a kid, I'm, I'm pretty sure people's parents were like, I don't mind when they said money, you know, money doesn't go on trees or 
the money off right now. And what this does is it develops these limiting beliefs in you, right? And it and you grow up thinking, okay, money doesn't grow on trees. Okay, money, it's it's hard to make money, all this stuff, right? But then you switch and you think easy to make money, you know, and that's your belief system. He's gonna come, and you know, that's how the financial success side of things is built. Uh, even if it wasn't trading, people would start attracting money or attracting wealth through different means because of their belief systems. But again, you need to be happy. Whatever it is, whatever whatever happiness is to you, or to me in the sense, I'll do things that make me happy. And then that is when I'll say, okay, do you know what? I think I'm successful. Because now I've I've in my box is my goals in terms of money, in terms of happiness, and in terms of time. Once I'm free from all that, then I believe a person can be truly quote unquote free. Right? That's one of the main reasons that um, I actually started Trade Happy is that you know without without the happiness then you you've really got nothing. Um, exactly. Yeah. It makes it devoid of the point of of trading because people can say what they want, but people trade to make money. It's it's a fact. And maybe maybe there's a few people that few diamonds in the rough who absolutely love trading, which is you know amazing. We all should whoever trades they should love it, but we love it because of what it what it has the ability to do, right? And if if the only thing a person thinks about is, like you said, you know, like it, you call the trade happy, which is very apt. If it were just called trade, you know, people wouldn't <laughs> they wouldn't um, they wouldn't take into account of what it means to have this money, what what it means to help other people, you know, who need it or things like that. So. Yeah, I think it's definitely important that a person should be uh, should be happy. Yeah, what's um, what's some of the worst advice that you've been given? The worst advice I've given through trading, I have. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! I, honestly, I think the worst. <laughs> the the okay. I don't want to offend anyone, but the worst advice I've been given is, Jonah, when price comes in, touches this and again, buy it." Oh, you want to, when it comes and touches this line again, sell it. That is when I had my first spiral into trading wrong. That and the, the second one was the whole idea of um, not, I remember I had this one, this one, uh, I'm not going to mention who he is, but this one, I want to say a mentor, but this friend who, in my opinion, was a more experienced trader than me uh, at the time. And, you know, he kept saying, don't worry, just place a trade. And, in about five minutes, no where it is, you just get out. And now, at the time, as a novice trader, as a, as a newbie, I was, I thought that's how, that's how, that's what it was. You get in, you play three in five minutes, you're supposed to get out. Or that, also this, this really funny thing where the whole concept of buy stops and sell stops above and below a certain range, um, like let's say you have a consolidation range, happens in Asian, but uh, London comes 8 a.m., and you look at the 9 a.m. candle or something, and you put, you know, a buy stop above the range, a sell stop below the range. Someone had told me to do this, and I blew an account in about three days. I, I looked at the guy, and I said, wow. because the thing was, I asked him, I said, on what principle does this work? What is the logic behind it? And he said, okay, well, basically, if the market goes up, it'll trigger your buy stop. And if it goes down, it'll trigger your sell stop. That, that there is when I realized 
that people, a lot of people don't know how the markets work. Because it made a you know, logical sense to me. Why is the market going up? Why is the market going down, right? Why are those orders being taken first? And uh, yeah, the worst advice, honestly, and, I, and I'm pretty sure I can say this for everyone, the worst advice that people have gotten is trade the way 95% of the traders trade because that's how they fail. And if you do that, you are digging on grave. Or at least mm. dig it shallow enough so you can jump out later. Please don't dig it. Don't dig it where you can't jump again. That's, okay, so what's the, the, what's the best piece of advice that you've been given? The best piece of advice I've been given, uh, mm. probably from stars when they told me to look at ICT. <laughs> uh, but no, and it was it was a, a, a friend of mine. He, um, I was also, you know, I was sharing. I was sharing alongside a lot of people. That's one thing I can say that trading can be very lonely. And be very, it can be a very lonely process, uh, and you need to find people, you know, communities on Telegram, on Discord, or whatever it is. Um, who trade like you or who just trade and you can, you know, vibe with. So I had this one friend knew from IML from back in the day. And then he also, he left for the same reason. Uh, and both of our tradings shifted to a more, to a perspective of understanding, you know, retail traders and what they do and who, where they, or when they get trapped and et cetera. And the, the best piece of advice I've given, I've gotten, sorry, rather, is, he helped me in the sense of making that transition from from the retail mindset to a a mindset of looking at where they get trapped. He said, "I think, I think it was along the lines of he said, you know, you need to understand that if you do the same thing that you've been doing for the past, and I'm pretty sure this is something that everyone, if you've been doing the same thing for the past thirty days." And you expect a different result. You, that's 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 what insomnia is based off of as well, right? Doing the same thing and expecting a different result. I knew that me doing the same thing wasn't getting me anywhere. So he said, "Listen, look at the markets in a way where you lose." That's what he said. Look at the markets in a way where you lose. And I said, "What the hell does that mean, right?" And I lose. I don't want to lose. But then what I got away from that after was. We think about it, all these big moves up in the markets, everything with institutional sponsorship, obviously retail traders get screwed. Now, there are people who, you know, see that happening and they also capitalize on it, which is inevitably, of course, 100% true. But the people who lose, if I can identify how they lose, when they lose and where they lose, I can do the exact opposite, right? And that's what kind of, bam, right there, I heard that and I said, okay, I need to kind of reevaluate my my system of trading. And that's what kind of gave my my boost to start kind of leaving IML and and uh, going in my own quote unquote solo trading journey until I met, you know, Matt and a few other people. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um so do you have one trade that you remember that stood out for a good or bad reason? Oh yes. This is actually the trade that that uh, that really messed with my for a long time. I'll actually pull it up really quick. So it was gold. Uh, there were two trades actually. So the first trade, I was I was teaching people at this point, and I was I I gave this analysis. I think it was one 
450. So goal was goal was pretty high. I, I think it, it was about one five. It was about one point five, right? It was one, it was, it was at one point five. Mm. And I gave the um, I gave the analysis to sell to one four fifty, and I had a um, a buy order there. As soon as price came down, now this was before I knew about the whole institutional way of trading. This was more in the principle of trapping the market. So, you know, I had, I think I had uh, multiple positions at 1450 and everything was break even. And I remember it was the date as well. Because I entered the trade, I'm trying to remember December, first week of December, it was NFP. And I, I was already in the trade. So I was holding the trade for quite a while, right? And NFP was was happening in December of the first week. And I was expecting markets to completely bust through an area of quote unquote resistance. Because I was the analysis that I gave was I was expecting this trade to go for at least um I would say about a thousand two hundred pips, but it, it ended up going for two point five thousand pips. So then what had happened was in December, I think sixth, and I can't remember the date exactly, but uh NFP hit and the market started shooting down. It just started selling off. And all my positions were hit a break even. And I said, what the hell is going on, right? What will I, because I wanted, oh, again, this is the whole thing of what that came into the picture. I was, everything was saying the price was going up. And this kind of made me question myself as a trader and as a teacher. So for a month, I just took a, I took a step back from the charts. All of this, December, I didn't touch the charts. I hadn't uh, looked at anything. And I, I think it was New Year's. It was after New Year's. Uh, Matt called me. So, you know, the guy who introduced me to you, he called me and he mm. goes, you want to listen, have you looked at the past recently? You, you looked at gold. And I said, no, why? He said, bro, I really think you should. I said, okay. I look in the charts and I was fuming because I had just missed a huge... This was... This price started moving... In about January, I think January beginning, it, it really started taking off in December end. Uh, and then this was when the whole, I think the missiles hit or something like that. And then price came down, it made a big retrace and then spiked up again. I missed that whole, that whole run from the initial run from December to, I would say, beginning, maybe the first week of Jan was even the first week of Feb, the first, second week of Feb. You know, that whole run I missed. So what got, I got really annoyed because I basically doubted myself in my ability, but it was, it was really nothing. It was just price was inducing off the zone some more. Went in my favor and I was pissed off, excuse my language, because I had, you know, I had, again, I, I had believed that I wasn't good enough. And then after I, I, I saw this, I said, oh my God, I was. Then I got pissed off at myself because I didn't stick to intuition. <laughs> I didn't stick to my analysis, right? So it was a, it was like a double whammy. It was, yeah. it was a double-edged sword. Uh, but right after that, it was funny because I, when price, I remember giving this analysis when price went to I think one seventy around when it reached one seventy in March. I even have the analysis that I that I posted March first, maybe around this time. Maybe something like this. I said the price was going to go to a discount before it continues up. Well, I had the zone marked at about 1450 again. I said, we can see price potentially going to about 1900 or 1900. So, and that was on the weekly, that was a weekly analysis. And yeah, fair enough. Price went up for about 6.3 thousand. 
And that <laughs> has been my biggest, my biggest achievement, you know, comes to, like, it's on every day you can, you know, you can say, yeah, I knew that this was going to happen. I kind of caught the move for like 6.3 thousand pips, which is really good. And uh, yeah. yeah, that's my, my highlight, I would say, of my trading career. <laughs> I mean, that is an insane trade. Um, so what's, yeah. what's a misconception that some people have about successful traders? They have this misconception that, well, I would say a few, because there's this whole, I think social media definitely tied the whole concept of being successful to having a lot of shiny objects, right? Mm. I know millionaire traders, I'm talking about proper millionaires and all they have is, is a broken down Jeep, but they they have it because they've had it for X amount of years and they love it. They love the memory attached to it, which is fine. But at the same time, if you have, you know, a Ferrari, it's equally beautifully fine. The only thing where people kind of get messed up is they equate success to having fancy things. And they think if a trader has X and X and X, that means he's really successful. Where in ideally, in actuality, that trader could probably be getting money off his courses. You could be, whatever it is, whatever, whatever um, objects he has. I think people should judge traders based off of their ability to trade and not mm. so the monetary value of what that trade equates to. That makes sense. It's yeah. Because, you know, for base capital, if you have, let's say in a month, if you grow an account by 60%, regardless of what, like that, that's how you know a trader is really a trader. If you tell someone, yeah, I grew my account by 60% in a month, which is all ridiculous numbers, regardless of the capital, that's still a huge with proper risk management, that's still a huge, you know, growth percentage. So that's how people judge traders based off of their ability to trade and their outlook on the market. You know, like you know what, uh, what reasoning they have to trade, and not really what they get after they trade. Makes sense. Mm, yeah. And uh, that's misconception. And the next one is again, you know, the whole concept of whenever you see an ad and I'm, and I'm sure hundreds of people have seen this whenever you see an ad that says, Oh, have you, have you been stuck at your nine to five job? You know, where things have been mad, you live bill to bill to bill, uh, try this out, watch this free webinar. And then they make you sign up to this course. And you know, you spend, and you spend a lot of money, but at the core of it now, yes, some of them could be really good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying all of them are bad. But I'm saying people need to realize that it's going to take time. It's going to take, you know, it's, it's not a get-rich-quick thing. It's going to take time. It's going to take a lot of learning, a lot of, I would say, backtesting and live trading. By live trading, I mean, like, you know, with a demo account at first. Because mm. please don't, please, whoever's listening, please don't have an open account off the back. <laughs> um, that's a one-way ticket to the chain. Um, but yeah, so, you know, doing all these things alongside, doing the actual work. Right. And that was going to elevate, elevate a trader off the bat. Definitely. Mm. 100%. Yeah. So my final question is what's some non-conventional advice that you would give to a trader who wants to succeed? The most, or, or the most helpful advice I can give you, right? Whoever's listening, whoever's going through something, whoever is trying to, maybe you're doubting yourself or you think this is it. This is, Trading isn't for me. It's uh, 
it's bad, it's hard, and all that stuff. And I'm going to straight up, it is hard. You're going to go through shit. You're going to go through absolute hell. And I'm saying this because you need to do this to come out stronger, right? If you've seen Dragon Ball Z, I, um, you know, the Saiyans, they, they get stronger after getting, after getting, after getting beaten down, right? And it works in the same principle as life, right? The, the harder you fall, the more you're aware of what to do to not fall again, right? So you can rise up again. That being said, understand or prepare yourself for these, you know, downfalls that you may experience trading because it's going to suck. It's going to be horrible. But the ability of you overcoming this is when you're truly going to make that shift into, okay, I don't want to experience this again. Like if your back is against the wall, where's the only way you can go forward, right? Think about it. So do the things to not fall into that same state again, but also, and this is something that I should have listened to a long time ago, do not, well, I wouldn't say don't care about what anybody else thinks in terms of your trading analysis, because obviously you can pick some stuff out to make you learn better. However, don't get misguided by another person's view based off things that you don't know. What I mean by that is, let's say you have a system and you stick to the system and this is your reasoning in that system. If someone else is trading a certain way, a different way than you, but they have the, let's say you want to you sell and they want to buy, but the, the reasons they want to buy is completely different to, to the reasons you want to sell. If, and again, you don't know the system that they're using, you don't know the, the information that they know, you don't know the, you know the knowledge that they have. If you start comparing yourself to traders, that's the one thing. Do, if you start comparing yourself to traders, especially those who have a different, um, you know, let's say uh, a pot of knowledge than you, you're basically doing the same thing as going in blind. Think about it. If I have no idea why I'm taking a trade, are you making an educated trade or are you making an uneducated guess, which is even worse than an educated guess, <laughs> right? So in that same sense, do not let other people stray you. Please take, however, take your know, inspiration and take knowledge from people who you can learn. I always say this, um, and it's helped me a lot in life. Do not, pe do not put people at a pedestal. I'll tell you why. Don't put people at a pedestal, but put their process at a pedestal because when you do when you, when you understand that when you put the work ethic or the stuff that they've done and when you aspire to do the same thing or even you know please surpass that that's when you understand and this is i'm talking about trading wise as well that's when you understand okay these are going to be my new reasonings to buy or to sell or to act a certain way or to whatever it is right and that's probably some things that either Nobody's going to tell you, or very few people are going to tell you. Trading's going to suck. Uh, it's going to leave you lifeless. You know, if you if, if you're in a relationship, it's probably going to make you get relationship problems in the beginning. But please understand, the only thing you should be worried about is the end goal and understanding the process that it takes to get there. When you do this, all those relationship problems, all that. You know, the negative energy that you felt, the depression, all that stuff is going to switch up really quick. And it's, and life's going to hit you like a truck for the better. And you will be extremely thankful um, for going through the, all that process. Also, I'm sorry, just to end it off. The one most important thing, apart from patience, I could say, is experience gratitude.
you have no idea how much this how important this is experiencing gratitude and it it couldn't be just i don't mean gratitude for you know a desk for example i just mean I, you should feel grateful for having the ability to open up your charts you should feel grateful for the, the ability to for being able to say okay i have an opportunity to trade or or the opportunity to learn how to trade whatever it is the more you experience or you give out gratitude the more experiences are going to be drawn to you that have a gratitude or the the emotional attachment of gratitude so you're going to get more things to feel grateful for and that live your life live do your trading by that sense and you're going to see massive amounts of reward Mm. yeah that's amazing um so where can people find you if they want to reach out to you obviously you're in the uh, trade happy discord to reach out to me uh, i am yeah i'm in the trade happy discord so you can just send me a message there i also have my instagram it is yona so y-o-n-a-h underscore john so j-o-h-n i know i have john as my surname <laughs> a lot of people find that weird i remember when i came to uk first they were like what john's your surname i said yeah but yeah so yona <laughs> underscore john is my instagram people can reach out to me there if you know they don't reach out to me on discord and uh yeah 